You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. Wanted to do a quick Steelers podcast since I've done a number of them uh, since the draft about Kenny Pickett because I'm a big supporter of his and a believer in his. Just uh, talking about my opinion as to when should they go to Pickett since that's something everyone's offering up right now. Obviously, since I thought they should have started the year with Pickett, I think they should go to him ASAP. I think he should start in Cleveland on Thursday night. He is not going to, I'm sure. But here's the part I wanted to note. It's confusing to me how people say, you can't start him on a short week. He can't learn the game plan. He can't get ready in just one week. Um, I don't understand that. He's the backup, which means... He's learning all the game plan just right there with the starters, and he is getting reps in practice every week, every day. Um, so why couldn't he start Thursday? Why can Trubisky do what he can't, even Thursday? And the answer, of course, is he, he can't. We've already seen that. So, it, it, you know, the, this constant excuse-making that somehow you don't want to start a rookie on the road, you somehow don't want to start a rookie – on a short week, like it's all too much, like it's too hard for the players. Well, I just heard Ben um, Kuntlisberger talk on his big fat-headed podcast. He should call it, it's called footballing. It should be called fatheading. That's what I think. But on his podcast um, that he videos, he said that on short weeks you go with – a group of plays that you've run since the beginning of training camp, and you really pare it down to a small number of plays. And I don't know, but that, that put on a, a light one on for me. I'm like, oh, so it's a pe- perfect week for Kenny Pickett. Because what they talk about with rookies is you can't really open up the playbook because they don't know it as well, right? So you'd figure, oh, okay, so if you really have to pare it down because it's a short week, that's the ideal week to put in a rookie quarterback. Um, additionally, what's funny this year is th- none of those arguments about the plays and his knowledge of the plays work uh, to, to exclude Pickett because Trubisky's new this year. He's every bit as new as Pickett. And so they've had – we signed Trubisky before we drafted Pickett. So, okay, he's had some more time prior to the draft to delve into the playbook. But in terms of, you know, leading up to the beginning of OTAs and then training camp, et cetera, they've had equal time. And both of them knew nothing or very little about the Pittsburgh offense. In fact, it could be argued that um, Pickett would know more about it because he was recruited – by Matt Canada as one of the people that recruited him at Pitt. Now, when he started at Pitt, or when he was a freshman at Pitt, Canada left that year. But the remnants of the offense, of Canada's offense, were still there. So the offense that Pickett was learning in his first couple years at Pitt was an offense that was derived from Matt Canada in ways. So, And he knows Matt Canada in general. So there is reason to believe that not only were both Trubisky and him unaware of this offense until this year, but Pickett could pick it up faster 
and understand it better and maybe even be more familiar with it than Trubisky. So the concept of he's a rookie, he doesn't know it, let the veteran who's been around, that would be Mason Rudolph. You know, Mason Rudolph was here last year when Canada put the offense in. If you were going to talk about those elements as to why you're not going to start Pickett, you'd have to be talking about Pickett versus Rudolph because that does not apply to Pickett versus Trushitsky, which is what I'm going to call him from now on. Because you know what? It's hysterical. I created this hashtag on Twitter, Trushitsky. And if you hit it, <laughs> if you hit the hashtag, it's not just me. There's shit that goes all the way back to 2018 from Bears fans bashing on Trushitsky. It's amazing. It's wonderful. If you, if you go on Twitter... Type and type into the search bar, you know, uh, hashtag Trushitsky, T-R-U, shit, S-K-Y, one word, Trushitsky. And you'll see these comments from Bears fans that he was driving insane. And what's hysterical is the same things we're already seeing after two games. The guy hasn't changed. And they're the same bad things that I heard from experts who watched the tape and knew him, like Greg Cosell who everyone has on all the shows because he knows his shit. And he's never liked Trubisky. And this is he says all the things about him that we're seeing now. Every single thing that's driving the Steeler fans insane after only two weeks. Greg Cassell said them all. I've heard them from his mouth before the season started. And Merrill Hodge, who played for the Steelers and for the Bears and uh, was with ESPN for years doing NFL analysis on uh, with with Ron Jaworski, if you remember. Uh, he comes on a lot of local shows. In fact, he was a guest on Fatheading, uh, the, the <laughs> Big Ben podcast this week. Ben was down in his basement again with his strange quasi-homosexual friend who, who serves, serves him up softballs. I guess they're Christian buddies. They met at a church, the Church of Homosexuality. No, but they met at a church... So I guess they're not, they guess they're not, they're not, they probably condemn homos and then go home and beat off to gay animal porn in their closets. But no, that's, that's right wingers only. Oh, wait, they are right wingers. Wait a minute. No, but anyway, um, the guest with the homo and, and fathead was Merrill Hodge on there. And Merrill Hodge said this on Ben's show and he had to walk tiptoe around it because Ben is all anti-picket really. If you really get down to it, it's pretty clear. When you hear the way he talks about Trubisky, he actually scolded the fans. Fathead Ben. Call, call him Big Head Ben. Big Head. Instead of Big Ben, just Big Head. Big Head said he didn't think it was right that the fans were booing uh, Trubisky. And, 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 he, he, and he didn't think he said he played pretty well. He did things within the system. And basically, Ben hated Canada last year, and he was trying to tag Canada with the blame. Hodge doesn't seem to like Canada either, but Hodge really doesn't like Trushitsky. And um, and my feeling on Ben, by the way, I, I've said this before, and it's absolutely what I read and what I feel, and I trust my instincts. I'm smart about people. I'm smart about their motives. I've been victimized by so many people throughout my life that I've learned a lot about them. And so I look for the, I hope for the best, expect the worst in people. Because I've seen that. I've seen mostly the worst. But I continue to be an optimist at heart. But my read on Ben is that he doesn't want Kenny Pickett to play. 
because he's afraid. He's a young number one draft pick rookie. And the sooner he gets in there and looks amazing, the sooner everybody forgets the fuck about Big Head. And so Fatheaded doesn't want Pickett in there because Fatheaded knows that if he's any good and if he's as good as maybe he looked in that preseason, uh, people could be saying, Ben what? Ben who? Big what who? Is, is this head still around? What can he, can he get that shrunken somehow? You know, and that's all the fans will be saying about Ben. And they're like, has he raped anyone with his head yet? Where's this homosexual Christian lover on the show? Is he on that show? <laughs> so, so I think that's, I really believe that. Uh, that that is a motivation for a lot of fathead, Fathead's opinions on, um, on this quarterback situation. But Hodge is not a fan of Trushitsky, and he watched all the tape uh, from coming out of college and with the Bears. And again, he's connected to the Bears still because he played with them after the Steelers. So he knows from whence he speaks. And so does Greg Cassell. And so do the fans if you go to hashtag Trushitsky. And basically it's the same thing he's always done. That's what's sad. People are acting like he's going to get better, but he has thrown off his back foot, run unnecessarily, run out of bounds without throwing it away, never gone downfield to open receivers, doesn't throw accurately on the outs, and is terrible in the red zone. Did I miss anything? Those are the things that I've seen said about him again and again and again by the people who know him well uh, and have watched him and have suffered through him. So we're seeing it already. And, and a, a number of a big, a big thing you see with the Trushitsky hat hashtag on Twitter is fans complaining with the Bears. Another field goal. Oh, go good. Oh, hopefully we can get a field goal here. So he's Mr. Field Goal, you know, and um, and that's what he's done with us so far. And it's just kind of sad that uh, we have media people here who doubled down on Trubisky so hard. Uh, their knees are really sore, and they're scraped from the fellatio performed on him. In fact, I made a video. I've been doing these little videos about the Steelers' local media, talking about Trubisky and talking about Pickett. And I do this obnoxious, grovelly-voiced guy with a, sometimes an English accent, sometimes not. The voices kind of go in and out. I don't really have a defined character voice I'm using. I'm just sort of winging it. But <laughs> in that character, uh, they never believe in Pickett. They don't want him in there. They say it's, it's the line. It's Canada. Making excuses all the time for Trubisky, loving Trubisky. And in the end of the last one I did... I start performing, I start going, oh, Trubisky, uh, uh, and I start performing fellatio, and I'm shoving my head down with my other arm, and then I swallow at the end and say, oh, thank you, Trubisky. It's very wonderful. I, I laugh at it very much, and I hope that other people see it and find it as entertaining as I do, and don't pretend like, oh, that's offensive. Oh, oh, oh. You know, like humor is not allowed to be crude anymore, and um, cocksuck humor is not funny. I think it's very funny. I think uh, especially when your media, your local media, so many of them are literally not just sucking Trubisky's dick, but they're, they've, they're, doing, they're doing like three people down there and one's licking the balls, the other's licking the, the asshole, the crack of the ass. They're down there just, and they're, they're doing it with passion. If you had a video camera on them, it would be the hottest gay porn. You could see Stan Savern down there and, and uh, Dale Lawley, 
licking real. Dale Lawley would really be going fast and looking up with his eyes like a submissive woman. Picture Dale Lawley in a, a maid uniform down there on his knees going real fast up and down on the cock and then digging his tongue up that ass, just going up and trying to find a turd up, up Mitch's ass and, and calling him master. Does this make you feel good, master? I could just see Dale Lawley doing that. But there are so many of them. And what's funny is Bob Pompiani down there sucking on each ball. One ball at a time, sir. One ball at a time. I mean, what's funny is a couple of them that were, I don't know, that are waffling, uh, like Adam Crowley, there's, there's others. They, um, they tried to back Mitch after that first terrible performance, citing the win. They weren't really into Mitch's corner, really. They're just kind of anti-Pickett. Like Crowley went to West Virginia, and he kind of hates Pitt, and he can't help himself. He mocked. Uh, I remember Adam Crowley was on the radio during the Steelers draft uh, a few years back, and it was the second pick in the third round coming up for the Steelers. And I was uh, – we needed a running back and uh, to back up uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell. And uh, James Conner was still on the board. You know, and he was phenomenal at Pitt. Not just okay or good. He was a superstar at Pitt. Um, and, yeah, he had cancer, but he came back from it and looked really good his last year still after making a comeback from cancer. So I thought he's an MFL player caliber. He's absolutely worthy of a third-round pick. And the Steelers need a back and running back. So I tweeted at them. It was I think he was working Crowley with Matt Williamson and Dale Lawley. And might have been two others, but... They were on Steelers Nation Radio or one of the places covering the draft. And I tweeted to Crowley that the Steelers should pick. They were going to a commercial break. And the Steelers pick was coming up. Their second, third round pick. They had two in the third round. And I tweeted to Crowley they should take James Conner. And he thought he was off the air. They went to a commercial they hadn't cut off yet. And he laughed. He said, oh, this guy's telling me James Conner. Oh, all the homers. It's amazing. You know, they think their people are this high. They think they deserve to be picked this high. Uh, just completely ridiculed me, not knowing he was on the air. And and just sounded like such a jag off. And then they came back, and the pick had already been in. And they went to the commercial. They came back. The pick had already come in. And the Steelers fucking picked James Conner. And it was one of the great moments of my life. So, of course, I rubbed it into Crowley. And you know what his reaction was? Dude, it's just a game. It's just sports. Relax. Have fun. That's how he reacted to me tearing him a new asshole for what he did to me on the radio and how he was wrong. Was just pretend like it's just a game and it's just fun. So, look, the guy doesn't like Pitt, okay? He mocked Connor thinking you're a homer if you're supporting him. Meanwhile, James Connor. Uh, just He made the Pro Bowl for the Steelers that year, by the way. We drafted him, and he made the Pro Bowl. Uh, and just this offseason, he signed a tw- three-year, $21 million contract with the Arizona Cardinals. So James Conner's going to have a lot more money for the rest of his life than Adam Crowley and Adam Crowley's children and their children will ever make in their sad lives. And Crowley, you know, actually went to the Pitt-West Virginia game. He went down to Pitt Stadium to buy tickets or their ticket office, wearing all West Virginia shit. So, you know, he likes pushing the edges of the envelope when it comes to Pitt. So his opinion on starting Pickett or not and his, his support of Trubisky, come on, give me a break. 
you, you'll never convince me it's not shaded with all kinds of bias towards, uh, against rather Pickett because, you know, you're not really interested in the local uh, pit guy doing well. Um, now that'll wear off because we'll forget about that. You know, when Pickett starts and starts playing good Crowley, I'm sure he'll get in his corner because, you know, that kind of childish shit only holds for so long. But I'm telling you, it's continuing now. The fellatio being performed on, uh, I'm pouring some coffee here. The fellatio being performed on Trubisky by the media is still 1,000% related to anti-pit, pro, uh, I mean anti-pit, anti-pit fans, anti-fans in general, because the story has long been in Pittsburgh Fans always, you know, want the new guy. They want the fresh new toy. They're dumb. They don't understand it takes time and so on. The problem with that narrative is, of course, throughout the NFL, the rookies are playing their first years. And Dale Lally tried to say just yesterday that, you know, yeah, but they sucked their first years, most of them. And, uh, and, and the problem is, okay, well, maybe that's true. All the more reason to start him. So we get his sucky year out of the way first, right? As soon as possible. So then next year we can be good. Well, how many years of T.J. Watt are we going to waste here? You know, how many years of Cam Hayward that he has left are we going to waste here? I mean, since we're wasting it on Trushitsky, why, why don't we just go right ahead and, and, and waste it on Pickett? So that next year, Pickett is really good, ready to go, and we can put him in. And have a good team with a guy who's experienced now, who got the kinks worked out, etc. Uh, to me, it just makes logical sense to get the ball rolling on a number one pick as soon as you can. And waiting on it in today's day and age because of some sort of experience factor is just called one thing. Chicken shit pussy. Okay, that's what it's called. And that's what Tomlin is being. So I would start Pickett Thursday because, again, I, I want to throw the kid into the deep end of the pool and see how he swims. And Dale Lawley actually said, they're still using these excuses. He actually said on the drive yesterday, the show he does on Steelers Nation Radio with Matt Williamson, I I watch practice every day. It's like, "Eh." I'm sorry, but we we don't care about that anymore. We are now into the regular season. And as we found out with Trubisky, you can practice as good as you want. But if you ain't any good in the stadiums, as Tomlin puts it, in the stadiums, then you're not any good. So in stadium, we've already seen Pickett. We know he's good in stadium. We don't give a shit how good you, a reporter, think he looks in practice or how good you, a reporter, think he looks in comparison. Because here's another thing, folks. Folks, they like to say folks demeaningly. So I'll say it. Folks, folks, listen. (laughs) Matt Williamson, by the way, is turning around and starting to think maybe they should think about going to Pickett. And yet he was saying just two weeks ago, folks, Trubisky's a better quarterback, folks. Just, he just is. <laughs> he can read defenses. He's experienced. Folks, he's an NFL player. Pickett is not yet, folks. And now he's saying, oh, maybe, maybe we should consider maybe we should consider Pickett. <laughs> but Dale Lawley, of course, is a proud motherfucker. He's a bully. And he will never, ever say it's time to go to Pickett. It'll be two games into Pickett. Pickett will have won. Pickett will win a Super Bowl. And Dolly will say, 
Adele Lolly will say, I told you all along they should have drafted him and gone with him right away. Because that's the way Adele Lolly is. He's that evil. But anyway, maybe he won't say anything after you win the Super Bowl. Because he'll be still slurping up uh, Trubisky uh, excrement and other things. But the point is, Dale Lolly is uh, trying to use the excuse of practice. Like he has some sort of secret inside knowledge he can't reveal that says Pickett stinks um, or isn't ready. He's still making mistakes and stuff. Oh, But the, pro- the problem with that bullshit is during a training camp at St. Vincent, reporters, because it, they're open to the public, reporters were allowed to report everything they saw. Unlike now in practice, they're only allowed to report things if a player says something, admits to it when being interviewed, then they can report on something that happens at practice. If a player comments on something that happens at practice, absent uh, sort of like an admission, they're not allowed to say anything about anything they see at practice. That's to keep it secretive and all that stuff. Um, so honestly, that was completely out of school and, and totally wrong, and he should be fired, Dale Lally, for saying that, or at least barred from practice, making any kind of comment about what he saw at practice. But here's the important point. At St. Vincent, when everyone was allowed to talk about it, and so we had eyes. See, the fans who didn't go up to, to uh, St. Vincent College, we still had eyes on the ground there because we saw videos and we heard reports and we read reports about what was happening every day. And I, being a retiree and so forth, have the time to be listening. And even before I was retired, I was making time to, to read all about and listen to reports of what was going on up there. And what I know is that by the end of the camp, he was as good in practice as Trushitsky Pickett was. I know that he started out rocky. And I know Mason Rudolph was the best at first, better, way better than Trushitsky. But by the end of the camp, uh, Rudolph kind of fell off and was really playing third best in practices. And this, is a, this would not be the, necessarily the opinion of one particular person. This is my overview of what I was reading and learning, okay? By the end of tra- camp, the back, the, the, well, they were running one and two, uh, uh, Trushitsky and Pickett, because that's, you know, it, it, Pickett had worked, has worked, had worked his way up to be better than Rudolph and as good as Trubisky in practice. And in fact, in some practices, was, was definitely the best quarterback, according to reports. But in no practices at the end was anybody, including Dal Lally, reporting that he looked bad or that he looked like a rookie who didn't know what he was doing or that he was making mistakes. In the final week and a half to two weeks of the practices prior to the beginning of the season, nobody was saying anything like that about Pickett. So for Dale Lawley now, now that Trushitsky looks like pure shit, like we all knew he would, now to be commenting and making some sort of sly side remark to imply that Pickett doesn't get it, that Pickett doesn't have it in practice, that he's not ready, it's bullshit. It's total, it's talking out of school, so it's bullshit, and he should be banned from practice. But it's also simply just not true. I don't believe him. Because what we know about Dale is he's completely loyal to his own viewpoint, which was to, not to draft Pickett even if he was available. You think he's really going to turn around that fast and support him? Now, Matt Williamson also didn't think we should have drafted him, but he's turned around. Why? 
Because Matt Williamson, let me tell you, the guy's wishy-washy as all get out. He turns his back on homers to support national people. Then he'll turn around and support homers like crazy with Dale Lawley on his radio show. I mean, he's, he's all, he'll do whatever it takes. I mean, he has some insight, no question. I think he's a bright guy. He has no backbone, no spine. And so, of course, he's going to twist around and go with the wind because it's obvious that's the right decision. And when you don't have any backbone, you're not going to stand by your wrong decision. When you're clearly wrong, you'll waffle. So Matt Williamson, God bless his weak soul, is a waffler. And good. I'm glad he is because he should anybody, anybody who, who, who thought Trubisky was the choice clearly now has to already know he was not. Now, whether or not you give up yet, well, what are we waiting for? I saw an NFL guy. I forget what his name was on television, comment that when Tomlin said in his press conference yesterday, we need to exercise patience. What? The NFL guy said on ESPN, patience is not something you talk about with respect to an NFL, ex, uh, 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 an experienced NFL quarterback. That's what you talk about with a rookie. If you're going to need to exercise patience, you do that with Pickett. Put Pickett in there. And exercise patience. Why would you exercise? The whole reason to support Trubisky was you weren't going to need the patience. He had the experience. And you wanted the experienced NFL quarterback in there. He was supposed to do know these things that Pickett didn't know. So this whole idea of allowing more time for this veteran to sort of learn and grow, it doesn't make any sense at all. Why on earth would the Steelers want to give time and losses and a season to, to letting Trubisky grow when they have their number one pick. And he's the guy that they want to invest in and have grow. So again, Tomlin, Tomlin is the most, look, Tomlin's overrated. I like him. I would like him to be a great coach because I think he's a, he's a cool front man. Nationally, they love him. I love having guys on my teams that they are loved nationally. I love having players on my teams and coaches on my teams, my sporting teams, that nationally everybody sucks their dick. I love it because it makes me feel proud of my hometown team, and I like having guys that are on national programs and are well thought of. <clears throat> I grew up, remember, I grew up when the Steelers were winning four Super Bowls in six years. So every time I turned on a TV as a, as a young you know, kid and, and, and then teenager, uh, I... I I was hearing all about how great my team was, how they have so many studs. I got used to national media being a, a way for me to just smile and feel proud. I couldn't wait to turn on the new shows. They didn't have them back then. My God, if they had ESPN and all that kind of crap back in the 70s when I was a Steelers fan and they were winning Super Bowls right, left, and sideways, I would have been like a kid in a candy shop. I'd have been so happy. I'd have been watching that crap every minute of every day. I probably wouldn't have graduated from school because I would have just been too busy. Mom, can I stay home and watch Steelers media hype? <laughs> I love that stuff. So, um, yeah, I'd love it if Tomlin was good because he certainly gets all the media hype behind him. They love him nationally. The problem is they don't understand. <laughs> they don't live here. You know, and maybe if you live in shitty cities that haven't won in a long time, you have a lower standard. But as we find out with places all around all sports, it's really hard to maintain that high standard. And when you have it, if you lose it, you may never get it back. 
So when you're up here, and I'm putting a hand up here, when you're putting, when you're up here and you're winning at a high clip and you're getting into the playoffs and you're winning in the playoffs and you're getting to Super Bowls and winning Super Bowls, if you let that drop to where you know you're only getting in the playoffs every other year or every third year, and you don't even win when you're in there, and you accept that, soon it's going to drop and you're not even getting in, and on and on and on. Next thing you know, you could turn around and be the Detroit Lions. So. You really need to work to make sure that you tweak things every moment you can to keep your franchise at a higher level. And the Steelers are slipping. They're slipping. We have another franchise in this town, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who slipped and fell and have never gotten back up uh, in years and years and years. It's been now 30 years. They had a three-year little rise up, and they fell right back down hard on their asses. Three out of the last 30 years have been pure garbage. They're on their way to win, losing 100 games again this season after doing so last year. Um, so we know about franchises and how hard it is to, to turn it around again once you've fallen into the shitter. And so the Steelers are on their way down there. And anyone who doesn't believe that or fear that is delusional. Because uh, Art Rooney's getting old, and he wasn't very good anyway, to be honest. Dan Rooney was very good. Art Rooney hasn't been very good. And now he's going to get ready to turn over the reins to God knows who, which Rooney now is going to fuck it up even more probably. Colbert retired. I don't know if Khan's any good. We'll see. But Tomlin has run his course. Tomlin hasn't won a playoff game in five years. He was only in the playoff playoffs three of the last five years, not only did he lose all three playoff games in those three years, he was obliterated in two of them. And in the third one, it was a home loss to Jacksonville. He was obliterated in that one too, but fought back, but not enough. And they lost something like 45 to 42 or something. But he was obliterated in the other two games, one at home to Cleveland, and that Jacksonville loss was at home. And then last year on the road by Kansas City. So no playoff wins in five years. Two obliterations. And the third playoff game uh, really was an obliteration that they fought back in. But they should have won. It was a disgraceful loss. They were a very good team that year. And they couldn't even make the championship game because they couldn't win one playoff game. I don't think they're getting – if he sticks with, with Trubisky much longer, we won't be making the playoffs this year. So that'll be six years either with, and we won't be winning any playoff games with Trubisky. That's a guarantee. And why is that okay? And why do we say Tomlin's a great coach? And he comes into his press conference and he backs Trubisky and he says he likes a lot of what he's seen from him. And he says we have to be patient with Trubisky. I'm done with the guy. I'm done with the guy. Uh, My guess is he didn't even want to draft pick it that Colbert and Rooney wanted Pickett, and he went along with it. I think he did want Malik Willis. Um, I think that he was wrong on the quarterback draft and that he, you know, we ended up with the right quarterback. But I think he's the wrong coach for Pickett because he's not putting him in. And I'm tired of all the excuses and the fear. I'm tired of all the people saying he has small hands. I'm tired of all the people saying he played in the ACC, which so did Trubisky, by the way. I'm tired of all this crap. Uh, I'm tired of all the excuses, tired of all the fear, and I'm tired of the lame-ass reasons why the better quarterback shouldn't be playing, and that is Pickett. 
and he's better because you watch him and he he's better. So I don't care if they're dumbing down the calls. I don't care if it's only in two minute. I don't care if uh, he's bad in practice. I don't care whatever excuse you want to make up as to why he's looked better. All I know is he looked better and I believe he is better because I, I've watched him for years and I love his development and I think he's going to be a star in the NFL. I don't think he's just going to be okay. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I don't think he can be ruined. And also, by the way, again, he's hot. Play the hot hand. Trubisky sat on his ass on a bench all of last year, backing up because he's a backup. While he was doing that, Kenny Pickett won an AFC ACC championship and looked amazing and finished third in the Heisman ballot for the Heisman Trophy. While, while Trubisky was told by the entire NFL that you're a backup, and he said, yes, you're right, I am. And he took a backup position with Buffalo where he knew he was never going to play because Josh Allen's great. So not only did he accept a backup position, he did so with the team where he knew he was never going to get on the field. Somehow that's our guy that we have to be patient with instead of playing the guy who was tearing it up in college last year against good competition, Stan Saverin, and any other Bob Pompey, and he wants to bash the ACC. There's a lot of good teams in the ACC. In fact, they have five ranked in the top 25, uh, which is more than the SEC So right, uh, right now. Our Big Ten, I'm sorry, not SEC, more than the Big Ten right now. So, look, at the end of the day, you don't like the ACC. We get it. You don't like Pitt. You think their fans are obnoxious. We get it. You think Pickett, you saw him for a few years. It's When he started Pitt, he wasn't very good, so you think that's who he really is. We get it. Uh, you, he was picked 20th, and uh, if the Sears hadn't picked him, he may not even have gone in the first round. We get it. Um, you know, we understand all the excuses you like to make and why you don't want to believe in him. But guess what? You're wrong. And it's time to step aside and let him show you you're wrong because the guy you backed in order to rub pick it out stinks. Okay? And Bob Pompiani, Dale Lolly, Stan Savern, get on Twitter, search hashtag TrueShitSki and read. Read them and weep. Go and Google Greg Cousell on Mitch Trubisky. Listen and weep. Pay attention when Merrill Hodge gets on the radio on DVE every week and talks about Mitch Trubisky and his tape. Read him and weep. Because you ain't watched. You guys haven't watched the tape on Trubisky. These guys have. You guys didn't watch him play week in and week out like the fans on hashtag Trubisky have. Those people know more than you practice watching Dale Ali. And they know that he is not any good. And... So you don't have to take my word for it. You can shit all down my mouth and tell me I'm a bum. And I'm like, that's fine. I don't care. Uh, you know, I'm an experienced adult, mature professional, very intelligent, and a big-time football fan. I've been watching it since all of my life, and I've, I, I've seen a lot of football, a lot of Steeler football, and I think I know what I'm talking about, but that's fine. You can hate on me. I don't care. All I know is step aside. Trushitsky has proven me correct. The Steelers took picket, proving me correct. Now Tomlin needs to step aside from his own ego or stupidity and, uh, and give the kid a chance. Do I believe he'll never have a bad game? Of course not. I'm not a moron. Do I believe he won't struggle? Of course not. Ben struggled entire seasons. The year we won the Super Bowl against Arizona, he stunk. Go look it up. He had an awful season. 
Ben had more than, I'd say he had three of his years that were awful, that you would have benched him if he hadn't shown you in his early years how good he was. If, if, if Ben had started out his career the way he played in a few of his seasons, he wouldn't have had a career. So, sure, Pickett will struggle. Sure, he could have entire bad years. But, you know, do I believe in him as much as Ben? Yes. Do I think he could be as good as Ben? <laughs> yes. Do I think he could be as good as Tom Brady? Yes. Do I think he could be as good as Joe Montana? Yes. Do I think he could turn out to be Kirk Cousins? Yes. Do I think he could turn out to be uh, Andy Dalton? Yes. Could he turn out to be someone who's just okay and hangs around? Sure. Could he turn out to be Joe Flacco? Sure. But who do I believe he's going to be? I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL throughout his career. That's what I believe. And I think that, you know, whether or not that lands him in the Hall of Fame or gets him on the starboards everywhere, I don't know. Ben was a top five quarterback or top six most of his career, and people didn't think that much of him. So, and the only reason he's guaranteed a Hall of Fame is he won two Super Bowls. I don't know that Pickett will ever win a Super Bowl because quarterbacks don't do that shit alone. Just ask Dan Marino. But I do believe he's going to be a top 10 NFL quarterback as long as he stays healthy. My only concern with Pickett is I feel like he's a bit injury prone. I feel like he has had a, a tough time in his career. Uh, when he gets hit, there's usually a boo-boo that comes from it. Some guys can you know, just get whacked and get hit, and they pop right back up. And then it's every once in a while they get an injury and they're out for a while. Uh, like Ben was most of his career. He had a little injuries here and there, but most of the time he came right back. He was tough as nails, and he'd miss a game or two and then get right back in there. But Pickett, I'm not sure. Pickett, I think, could could be, I don't know about injury prone, but could be a little more uh, fragile. Not that he's not a big guy or a strong guy, but I just am concerned about that. That's the only thing that I see that is going to stop Pickett from being a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, uh, no matter what team he plays for. So I think it's Pickett time. I would go with him now. I don't think there's any reason not to. I think we've seen enough. I think being patient with Trubisky makes no sense. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, we're going to lose in Cleveland Thursday. So hopefully by the Jets game at home, they will start Pickett. But I don't even think he will. I don't think Tomlin's going to start him. I don't think Tomlin's going to start him all year. I think Tomlin doesn't like him. I think Tomlin's Popovich handling Dewan Blair. He underutilized him and for, had something against him because of his size. Uh, and I think there's something that, that Tomlin just that makes him scared about Pickett. And I don't agree with him. And I think he's wrong. And I think when you're Tomlin, you have to think about this too, by the way, and I'll sign off with this. He came into the Steelers with a Hall of Fame quarterback already on the team. So this is a really virgin territory for him. Even in 2019, when he had to go with Mason and Duck, he knew that Ben was getting surgery and was going to be back. So that was just a one-time shot thing. He was just trying to get through that season. This is new territory for him. He's got no quarterback. He's got Pickett. He doesn't really believe in him, clearly. And he has to figure out in his own mind how to trust him enough to go with him and develop him. And his method is 
being overly conservative, being afraid. He's living in his fears completely. He's living in his fears with Trubisky, with the game plan and, and not wanting to throw interceptions. And the whole thing is way too conservative. He's doing a bad job, put it that way. Mike Tomlin is handling this quarterback situation poorly. He did at the beginning of training camp when he had Pickett third. You know, here, here's what should have happened. You sign Trubisky and you're planning on having a quarterback battle at camp between Rudolph and Trubisky. Makes perfect sense. Once Pickett falls to you, though, and you draft him, I'm sorry, Trubisky's the odd man out. I'm sorry, Rudolph's the odd man out. And what you have to say is, I'm sorry, Mason. We didn't think Pickett would fall to us, but he's, he did, and we got to take him, and we got to put him in there and give him a real shot here because he's a stud. And what you say is, Rudolph, you're the, maybe you're the backup or the third stringer. That's the best we can promise you. I'm sorry now. And what you do when you go into camp then is you have a legitimate 50-50 quarterback competition from the very beginning between Pickett and Trubisky the whole time. And that's what he should have done. Instead, he catered to Mason, put him at second, and backed Pickett down to third and made Pickett climb his way up just into the two-hole and never gave him a real chance. And he's paying the price, and we're paying the price, and the Steelers aren't going to win anything this year the longer he sticks with Trubisky because he's not a winner. He's a bad quarterback, and we all knew that, and we all kind of knew that about Mason too. So, I mean, as uh, uh, Big Tuna once famously said, Bill Parcells, when he was coaching the New England Patriots and the Steelers were heading in there for the Fog Bowl uh, 20 years ago or whatever it was, um, we had two quarterbacks at the time. We had uh, Cordell Stewart had yet to start. He was never a starter for us. But Cower was using him to rotate him in with Mike Tomzak uh, as a quarterback on certain plays for gadget plays. And it was kind of a cool thing. And so we were excited about it here. And I believe it was a playoff game, that fog ball in New England. And um, we knew they had a good team. But we thought we could our two-quarterback thing would fuck with their heads, you know. And they asked Bill Parcells about it. And he said his opinion is if you have if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. So he took a real swing at the, at the Steelers there. And I 1,000% agree with him that you've got to pick your man and go with your quarterback and back him. And so that's what Tomlin's trying to do now. But... The reality is all through that, that training camp was, a, was a, just a fiasco because he didn't give him a real chance. So you can't say, well, he's our quarterback. you got to stick with him. We have one quarterback, and he's our guy. He didn't win the competition because there never was a competition. They never let Pickett start a preseason game. They never let Pickett play with the ones. There never was a real, okay, now let's see you with the ones. Now let's see you starting a game. Now let's see you in this situation. Now let's see. They didn't do that. It was all Trubisky leading off, Trubisky's demand. The whole thing was Trubisky. So there was no competition. So this isn't about, okay, we have to stick with our guy that we chose. No, you stuck with him all the way. All the way you stuck with him. And you were wrong. You were wrong. So it's time now, finally, to admit it, stubborn, overrated, nationally overrated coach who really has worn out his welcome here and is on his way to losing and not winning shit for the sixth year in a row. Come on, let's call a spade a spade. That he's not winning again. Let's get his ass out of town after this fiasco. But they won't, and hopefully he'll get lucky 
you know, here's what will happen, maybe, hopefully. Trubisky will just keep sucking, and he has no choice. He puts Pickett in. We don't win shit this year because by the time he puts him in. Here's my prediction, okay? I'll end the podcast here. I predict he won't put Trubisky into a, at the bye because he's that stubborn. I think we'll be 2-6. and six. I think he will let the Steelers go to 2-6 and six under Trubisky. I do. Then he'll put Pickett in. I think Pickett will have some ups and downs. He'll go 6-3. and three. He'll look real good. And by the end of the year, we'll really like our team. But guess what? Six and three, two and six, eight and nine, ain't making the playoffs. So I think that by the end of the year, people will be calling for Tomlin's head because they'll look at how good we were under Pickett and we'll feel so good about the team, but we won't make the playoffs because he's stuck with Trubisky too long. And I think that the national media will say, he's not going anywhere. Tomlin's going to live in your home. In fact, you're thrown out. You're evicted. Tomlin is taking over all of your property just for suggesting that he should be let go. Next caller. I mean, that's what they'll say to the fans. But I think the fans will correctly, by the end of this year, see the light of day and realize, wow, we're not in the playoffs because Tomlin mismanaged the quarterback situation. That's what I feel like is going to happen this season. We'll see if I'm right. Uh, One thing I know I'll be right about, that once Pickett gets in there, you'll be like, wow, this candidate offense is good. I guarantee you that's what you'll think. The moment Pickett starts playing, you'll be like, geez, we thought you should fire Matt Canada now. I want to buy the guy a beer. (laughs) All righty. I love you. Yabba-da-boop-bop.